Today, we're excited to share a special episode with you, an inside look at Crossway's ongoing work to distribute one million Bibles around the world. In partnership with hundreds of pastors, church leaders, missions organizations, Bible societies, and individual Christians like you, we've spent the last year hard at work on the One Million Bibles Initiative, an ambitious project aimed at resourcing the global South with the greatest treasure this world affords, God's Word. In this interview, I sit down with Anthony Gosling and Randy Johns, two Crossway veterans who have been intimately involved with the One Million Bibles Project since its conception. They explain the overarching goals of the project, highlight the unique challenge of distributing so many Bibles to such hard-to-reach places, and they share how the One Million Bibles initiative connects to Crossway's mission as a nonprofit ministry. Let's get started. Well, Anthony, Randy, thank you so much for joining me today on the Crossway podcast. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. So how would you summarize Crossway's One Million Bibles initiative? Well, maybe I could take that. It's um, something we're really excited about. And I think it goes back to things like the preface of the ESV Bible, which quotes words that are read as a Bible is handed to a new monarch in Britain's uh, coronation service. And I'll, I'll just read that. It says, this book is the most valuable thing this world affords. Here is wisdom. Here is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. Mm. And we, obviously, we believe this about the Bible. It's the most valuable thing, God's word in written form. It's the most valuable thing in the world. And we're blessed, obviously, in our area of the world to have access to the Bible in so many forms, easy access. But we've heard through our ministry partners and as we talk to people around the world that the need for Bibles is great, even among pastors. So just imagine trying to live the Christian life without a Bible, uh, or even worse, try to, you know, imagine preaching or teaching or leading a church without a Bible, but that's really the sad reality in many places. So we've heard estimates that as many as 70% of Christians in Asia and Africa and South America don't have ready access to a Bible. And so that breaks our hearts, but we also begin thinking, you know, is there something we can do Hmm. to help with this? So obviously, as publishers of the ESV, the English Standard Version Bible, we thought uh, we really felt moved to try to make a small dent in this issue. So we set the goal of a million Bibles. What if we could provide a million ESV Bibles to Christians in the global south who might otherwise not be able to either find one or obtain one or afford a Bible of their own? So it's a big goal for us, but probably a small uh, small dent in the great mm. need around the world, what we thought, you know, let's take this step. So our goal really isn't primarily a logistical thing. It would be maybe easy to just put a million Bibles out there, but our, our goal in prayer is really about the impact that a Bible can have in the hands of an individual person. So uh, a lot of prayer, a lot of focus, a lot of work <laughs> going into this initiative but we're really encouraged by the responses that we've received already. And so this is a big, uh, big thing on our horizon. Mm. Yeah, I'm just struck by how, uh, as Christians living in America, it can be easy for us anywhere in the West to just not appreciate the incredible value of a Bible, a simple Bible that we hold in our hands. I'm sure most of our listeners have multiple Bibles in their homes 
that they could grab at any moment. But that's just, as you said, not the case for so many Christians, mm-hmm. even church leaders around the world. And I, I want to explore a little bit more about the need of Bibles in, in just a minute. But uh, Anthony, I wonder if you could speak to how this particular initiative, the One Million Bibles campaign, how does it fit together with Crossway's broader identity as a nonprofit? I think many people listening might not be aware that Crossway is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to many core things that relate to this campaign. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, since in, uh, Crossway's inception in 1938, um, we have been committed to publish gospel-centered, Bible-based content that will honor our Savior and serve his church. That's what we're here for. That's the whole reason why Crossway exists. So we seek to help people understand the massive implications of the gospel and the truth of God's word for all of life, for all eternity, and for all for the glory of God. So one thing we say within Global Ministries is that our purpose specifically is to resource the church to the ends of the earth. We are a publishing ministry with a gospel focus. Yes, we are publishers, but we are publishing with a purpose in order that people will receive that word of God in their context. And I think it is worth just dwelling on the fact that we are so used to having Bibles. Can you imagine not having a Bible today, not being able to have a devotion this morning, not being able to read it uh, in a meeting, not being able to have it preached even at church because the pastor doesn't own one. As Randy said earlier, that's just a a concept that is just completely different for us than, than it is for the majority of believers who are in that situation. So if our heart is to, to bring gospel-centered material to, to the world, then it very much fits with the fact that we're a not-for-profit organization, that we can focus our resources on delivering the, the Word of God to those people wherever they may be. We are not restricted by stockholders, shareholders, the need to, to make a certain amount of money for someone else. We can actually uh, reinvest everything mm. that we receive in and go and do that. So we can literally put the Bible into the hand of an, an individual who could not afford that Bible in any other circumstance. So it very much fits uh, with uh, the whole reason why Crossway exists. Yeah. And, and the stories that we hear that maybe we'll get into are just so exciting and compelling when you hear the impact of a single Bible on somebody's life. Randy, I maybe just before we get into some more, more details about kind of the why and the how of this campaign. Could you just give us a quick summary of where we're at with this big multi-year effort to uh, distribute one million Bibles? Yeah, that's great. We are making uh, progress. So already generous donors have given enough to print and deliver uh, 390,000 Bibles Mm. to date. We have those going to 17 countries. So these are uh, study Bibles, children's Bibles, text Bibles. Uh, So 126,000 have been delivered already. They were delivered this summer. And we have an additional 264,000 that that are on order for delivery in January. So those are all allocated and um, we'll be ready to go by then. By the end of December, we hope to have funding in place to cover an additional 150,000 Bibles. And if if all of that happens, we'd be uh, more than halfway to our goal mm. by God's grace. Wow. So I hope that, you know, this will just be the beginning that we'll go way past that million mark and this will be something that uh, continues on for, for years, but yeah. uh, encourage that we're making progress like that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the need for Bibles around the world. I think uh, it can be easy for many of us, probably myself included, to assume that, you know, living in the 21st century where the world is so globally co- connected and where even in uh, non-Western countries, the standard of living has increased dramatically over the last decades, and there's just 
way more prosperity and availability of resources than ever before in the history of the world. And so the, the question could kind of be, is there really still a need for just basic access to the Bible? Wouldn't Christians anywhere have some access to God's Word if they wanted it? Is that not the case? Uh, it's certainly true that there is there probably and never has been more Bibles available in the world, either physically uh, in that Bible that you can hold in your hand and read or uh, through some sort of digital means. So I think it's fair to say that that is true. But it's also true that there are many, many, many millions of, of Christians that do not have that opportunity because mm. of where they live and their circumstances they cannot afford. Uh, to have that physical Bible or they do not have the means to receive it digitally. So obviously we're the publisher of the English Standard Version, so an English language Bible. So we're focused on English speaking parts of the world with this project. But even then, there are many, many millions of people who can speak English either as first, second or third and read English uh, as, as that language, but yet still can't have a, a scripture. Uh, so in some countries, the cost of a Bible is so high compared to their income that they would actually, it would actually mean sacrificing food and other basic needs for weeks mm. in order to be able to, to afford a Bible. Yeah, wow. And it's just not physically possible. You know, you'd actually have to fast for weeks on end in order to have that money and cause your family to do the same. Well, that's just not a viable option for these people. So there is no way that they can ever afford uh, to purchase one, even if one exists in, in their location. Uh, there are other places that are so remote that access to a Bible is difficult. There is not a Christian bookstore. There is not an online distributor. There's there no is, Amazon same There day is delivery. no Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> there may be the River Amazon, but there is no actual <laughs> company, Amazon, to, to provide that need. So local out outlets and infrastructure for purchasing just doesn't exist in so many places in the world still. Uh, so the initial distributions that we're, we're, we're focusing on is uh, on countries with large English-speaking populations, a good church, a ministry network, uh, but also the challenges mentioned above uh, in, in the, what I've said in the sense that you know, India and several African countries just don't have the infrastructure. So we're actually relying on people perhaps traveling into the bush for miles on the back of a, a, a moped or a cycle or carrying it out to a village in order to present the Bible to that person who could not receive it in any other way. And that is what's happening through the ministry relationships that we have. We're actually seeing that occur. So uh, we want to emphasize this is not about filling up a warehouse somewhere in the world with lots of Bibles and say, hey, we've distributed all these Bibles. It is about putting it into the hands of that believer who has no other way of owning a, a copy of yeah. God's Word. It's that last mile that we care about, getting it actually to the, the individual mm. Christian. Absolutely, yeah. Are there any other specific places? You mentioned like India and places in Africa. Are there specific countries or regions around the world where this need for Bibles is particularly acute? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's fair to say Africa is certainly one of those. Africa is uh, a continent that has a, an enormous number of Christians. It's a, a growing Christian population. There is a real desire to um, have God's word, but not the ability to do so. So that is certainly one of those areas. And there are places in Africa that are pretty well supplied, but there are equally places that will are able to speak and read in English, but don't ha have Bibles. Mm. One of the interesting ones is Fiji. So we're actually uh, sending Bibles to Fiji, you know, with just a few people on e each island. But the community structure is, is such that often the, the head of that island is also the pastor. Whether he's a believer or not, he is the one who is expected to lead that group. And very, very often they don't have Bibles, they have no resources, uh, they have 
absolutely nothing in which to do that with. So it becomes uh, non, uh, a non-biblical mm -hmm. um, situation. And so we're actually providing a, a lot of Bibles to the Fiji Islands, and then we have the network in order to provide that. And sometimes I talked about someone walking into the bush. Well, this one is on the back of a boat, a little dugout canoe that is taken from island to island to island, and they're wow. literally distributing Bibles like that. But what that means, think about the impact of that, that suddenly now the pastor or the head of, uh, of that community has a Bible, that his people have Bibles, they can read English, and now they can actually study the scriptures and begin to grow uh, in, in the truth of God's word rather than uh, they have a, a belief in, in Jesus in some description, but they don't really know him because they have never had his word. Mm. So you mentioned sort of the remoteness of many of these places and having to travel by boat or moped or something. Are there any other major distribution challenges that we tend to face when it comes to getting Bibles into the hands of Christians? Yeah, absolutely. If you think about it, if, if we are printing and producing a Bible, how do we get it to that person from wherever it's printed to the person that's in that uh, remote place? Well, first of all, global shipping. They are relatively high cost. You need uh, a means to get it from the ship into the port and and out of the port there are often local infrastructure issues there can be issues with customs or or just corruption in, in a particular country which means you cannot you know, break that uh, that bible out of that position until you've paid someone some some money or something like that so there's all, all that sort of thing hmm. We had a, an issue just recently where one of our large shipments was delayed due to the rainy season beginning and the roads just going into mud and washed out. So the trucking uh, was difficult during mm. the rainy season. I mean, that's wow. a, just a, a real issue. But once they reach our, our trusted partners who are then going to help with the distribution, their challenge is then to deliver it uh, to those who need it most. And as we've said, you know, there's... Uh, not one particular process that uh, that will work there, but it's very personal. It is literally Bible by Bible, village by village, community by community as those Bibles are taken there. And that's why we're so reliant on our ministry partners who have those connections. They just lack the resource. We give them the resource and then they find ways to deliver these. Mm. Yeah, I know I, I had a tour of a Bible printing facility here in the States a few years ago. And I think one thing that people don't always appreciate is how even hard it is to print a Bible, mm. uh, just given how many pages there are and how thin the paper is. And how does that play into maybe the difficulty with, cause I think sometimes people could think, well, why don't they just print Bibles in country and, and skip all of the logistical headache of transporting across the sea? That's not always an option, though. No, it is not. And um, one of the issues, let's, let's particularly focus on Africa, is there are no Bible publishers in Africa. They don't have the technical facilities, neither do they have the raw materials. Uh, in order to do that. And as you say, you think about a Bible, pick a Bible off your own shelf and look at it. It's an unusual book. One, mm. it's very big. It has very thin paper uh, in order to, to keep the size of the Bible manageable. Well, all those things are specialist productions that just don't exist in so many parts of the world. So in, in fact, it's not that easy to even begin to produce a Bible before you even think about delivering it to wherever it's got to go. So you're right. There is a whole process to consider there. And it begins at that production point. Uh, and even there, we've been working with our, our printers in order to find a an inexpensive way of producing a Bible that is manageable in size, is readable, has a, a, a good font, an accessible font, that sort of thing, and yet is inexpensive in terms of delivering it to that person uh, who's going to receive it. Mm. So you guys spoke a little bit about the importance of the on-the-ground partners that we have in these different places, pastors and church leaders and other other ministries. What does that partnership look like, and how do we 
how do we find people to work with and how do we coordinate with them on these distribution efforts? Well, over a lot of years of ministry around the world, we've developed some relationships and sort of an extensive network of contacts. So ministries, educational institutions, churches, missions, publishers, friends like that. So when it comes to a project like this, we're able to put the word out there and say, here's what we're able to provide. Give us creative ways that you could deliver these through your unique networks Mm. and get them into the hands of people that we're hoping to reach. And so um, we've got this network that we're uh, working with. We try to balance the allocation among many partners. So we'll sort of ask them for proposals. And those have to be sometimes whittled down. And we're looking to get these evenly spaced uh, in various places in the world. Obviously, we have limits to uh, the total number that we can produce at a time. And so um, there's a little bit of negotiation and back and forth on that. But we certainly couldn't do this work without local churches and pastors and ministries. Uh, They are there on the ground. They know the situation so well. We rely on them very heavily. And so it's important that these are uh, trusted friends and partners. And it's, uh, as Anthony said, it's a very uh, personalized and thoughtful kind of distribution. We don't want to just put Bibles out there. Um, We could do that in mass, but uh, to think about an individual getting it it's really important to to focus on that personal impact, uh, an impact of a life rather than just mm. the number of Bibles that we could give away. So. Yeah. So just to give you an example of what that actually looks like, one of our most trusted partners is Rafiki, uh, who have um, institutions in num- uh, 10 different countries in Africa, and they are helping us with distribution. So one of, one of our Bible distributions reached their center, uh, and there was a guy there that was helping them unload the uh, the container. And he asked, you know, what, what am I unloading? And uh, he, he was explained that there were Bibles. And he said, well, I've actually never owned a Bible. I'm a believer, but I've never had my own Bible. Wow. Um, so it was rather lovely. Uh, they actually took a Bible out of one of the boxes and had it to him, and you now own a Bible. And it, it was it's it's that granular is that personal is it's that specific person now in that country who now has a bible that didn't and he can now take it back and read it to his family and Mm. the impact of that by god's grace will be significant and then multiply that out if we're thinking of a million bibles then do that a million times and what is the impact of that on on individuals and families and and communities because they now have god's word yeah something they want but couldn't have before yeah the the impact of one bible on generations could Mm -hmm. be so big i'm sure all of us could think back in our own family histories and and think of how god's word in different seasons has maybe led to someone's salvation and had this ripple effect throughout generations. A big issue today when it comes to charitable giving around the world and trying to help people who who need different kinds of things, whether it's food or water, or in our case, Bibles, is the issue of sustainability and the issue of trying to not just address the immediate need right in front of us, but to actually think longer term about how do we encourage sustainable solutions to these problems or needs around the world. So we're not always, it's not always, frankly, a Western person coming in and providing for that need. How, how does Crossway think about that dynamic in terms of our partnership? And that's a really good question. I think it's an important question to, to consider and answer. And we've thought uh, long and hard about this. There is 
obviously the need for Bibles around the world is greater than uh, can be satisfied through uh, giving away free copies. Uh, we have trade customers around the world who are serving their communities with Bibles, and we've spoken about that. You know, there are opportunities to get Bibles into a lot of places, just not sufficient number of places that are perhaps more remote. In addition to that, to the million Bibles we hope to provide for free, we're working on creative ways to make Bibles available in those locations at even more locally affordable prices. So it's not just about something for free, but maybe it's more that person that could not afford a Bible because it's two weeks worth of food, but they could afford a Bible if it was one day's worth of food, for mm. example. So how do we do that? How do we make that uh, possible? So we can underwrite the cost. So there is still a, a value in that Bible. It's still purchased from someone. There's the opportunity uh, to uh, to sustain uh, the, the, the Bible distribution within an area and yet at a, a price that they can afford. So it's, it's really important that it's not just about giving away for free, but how can we see that then for future generations grow so that what we're used to, which is having the, the, the range of materials that we can receive, uh, biblical res resources that we can receive, that would be true for them to some degree in the future. So sustainability is really, really important. We sort of looked at that and and, and divided it out a little bit like this. There is there is places where there is just no uh, potential Bible market at all. And we're seeking to supply free copies into that situation. There's, a, there's areas where a Bible market could exist, but the product would need to be provided for free to the partner. And then they would be able to resell at a, a, a suitable price for, for the individual in that location with very minimal margins. But at least it gives them the beginnings of the opportunity to then use that margin in order to purchase more Bibles or receive more Bibles so they can give more away. So you begin to generate mm. uh, the opportunity. Then there's a place where a commercial market can exist, but the the Bibles and the freight costs and everything that's involved in getting that Bible to them needs to be subsidized, even significantly subsidized. But there is something there that can be actually built upon. And then finally, you get to a position where there's a mature Bible distribution market that can afford to bring that Bible in from wherever it's produced and then uh, and, and sell it. And so as an area may grow economically, then so the opportunity to establish a sustainable uh, Bible supply grows with mm. that. And we're looking at each of those areas and we're seeking to supply each of those areas so that we're um, being uh, fair contextually to, to, to the opportunity that exists. It's not just about free, it's about sustainability. So I appreciate the question. Mm. Yeah, and, and as you said, in doing that, ironically through uh, occasionally charging for a Bible, you can help to build out the infrastructure of that country, support uh, Bible sellers, Christian booksellers there who are trying to make a living, trying to make this thing be able to last even when Crossway is perhaps not involved. Mm -hmm. and that, that is the long-term goal there. Um, how does Crossway choose which specific Bible editions that we're distributing? For this particular project, we really just have provided a variety of editions, trying to keep in mind the recipients on the other end and the, what their needs are. So one of the Bibles is the uh, Concise Study Bible. This is excellent, portable, uh, foundational kind of accessible study Bible uh, for pastors and leaders, I would say, especially who maybe don't have uh, theological education. So basic study notes and helps mainly that explain what the Bible is saying. They're not technical in that sense. So just provides a level of theological education, maybe for someone who might not have any training. 
So we've also done uh, a number of nice text editions, a hardcover or a synthetic leather kind of a cover. Some covers work better in <laughs> hot and humid climates, and so we're <laughs> exploring uh, options for that as well. Those are true issues in various places of the world. So we've also focused on children's and students' uh, student Bibles. So these will have illustrations and helps. And when uh, Crossway produces a children's Bible, it, it's a true Bible. So not just Bible stories. It's and the full, just a paraphrase full or... Bible text, but with helps and illustrations and other things that are age appropriate there. And I, I'm sure for the future distributions, we're going to pick editions that meet the particular needs of recipients. And Crossway publishes a huge range of Bibles. So we have quite a few options to choose from. Yeah, yeah. What might it look like for a Christian living in the West, uh, listening to this podcast? Uh, what could it look like for them to get involved, yeah. to kind of see what might be available for them to do to, to help out? Yeah. I think the first thing we would say, this is a priority for us, is to pray. Uh, now that you're aware of this sort of work that is going on through Crossway, to pray for us and with us as we seek to to deliver the scriptures to these people that we're, we're seeking to, to help uh, through the receipt of them. So please pray for us and with us as we do that and, and pray for the means to be able to provide the scriptures in that way. Uh, you can also sign up for uh, our uh, newsletter and other reports that give information to some of the things that we've been speaking of. And there's testimony in there, as well as future opportunities uh, to come alongside and partner with us in order to serve the global church. Uh, and then you can consider to, get, to actually give to Crossways Ministry Projects and perhaps uh, specifically the One Million Bible campaign that is, that is ongoing. Uh, and that can be done through uh, Crossway's website. There's a donate page. Uh, you can actually get information about how a campaign is going. Uh, you can see ministry reports from the field on, on the impact uh, of gifts already given, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, and we'll be sure to include a couple links in the show notes for that that donate homepage where you can kind of see all the projects currently in the works and even also the, the email newsletter that you guys send out. I wonder if you guys could speak to how pastors and churches uh, could be involved. Uh, I think sometimes it's easy to know how I as an individual could perhaps be involved, but what if I'm a pastor and I want to try to help mobilize my whole church to participate in this work? Yes, we do, we've had uh, several churches involved in this in creative ways, but uh, I would echo Anthony's request for prayer. Uh, as churches are gathered for prayer, mm. we appreciate prayer for the ministry. Uh, some churches have, for example, taken special offerings or they have given gifts earmarked in their missions uh, program or outreach budget to support some projects. And so we certainly would welcome those if that's uh if a church would like to join us in these efforts and mm. if it aligns with uh, the things that they like to do it's almost like a church helping another church across the world mm. so there's a real kind of fellowship in that and yeah. a, a synergy uh, some churches are involved in international pastoral training or church planting efforts you know that align very well with what we're doing if they are we'd love for them to contact us to see if there are ways that we could help equip and provide books and Bibles for that. Some churches have really good ministry contacts that we, we don't currently have. We would uh, love for them to share uh, those with us. We'd be happy to follow up on those and add them to the, our group of uh, ministries that we work well with. Uh, some churches have people who travel internationally. We've got this really interesting kind of program called um, Crossway Equip, 
And this is for, we will provide books and Bibles for people who are traveling internationally and are willing to sort of take a box of Bibles as their second suitcase <laughs> uh, when they go and, and deliver that to somebody over there. So it's a, a really active program. We would invite anybody who's involved in that kind of travel to get involved in that. And then um, last, I would just encourage pastors to sign up for our newsletter. It's the same way. Uh, we have quite a few pastors who are engaged with the work of Crossway, and they can be a kind of a communication conduit to their people, too. Mm, so helpful. Uh, what comes next after the One Million Bibles campaign is complete? Well, Bibles will always be central to our ministry, and we continue uh, to want to provide for the various ways distribution is accomplished to those who need uh, Bibles and, and books that are faithful uh, to the Scriptures most. So as we said at the beginning, a million is not going to, to solve the problem, but it's a beginning, um, and we would be looking to extend this o over time and continue to find ways that we can partner uh, with our uh, various ministry partners around the world in order to accomplish that. Yeah, I thought it would be really encouraging to share just a, a story that I heard just yesterday. So a partner, uh, one of our partner ministries had taken a video, uh, sent me a video clip of a pastor who is in a very difficult part of the world. And he received a concise study Bible uh, from one of our distributions. And so this distribution happened in a setting where there were other pastors there. And so he kind of spontaneously stood up and gave an exhortation to the group. And, uh, and so I, I've recorded it as best I can here from the video, and I'll quote it. He said, as I hold this Bible, I'm thinking about the people who invested the money and time to help the gospel expand. This is a commitment they have made to me and my family that this Bible would end up in my hands. I see this as a challenge and encouragement to continue with the preaching of the gospel, that the Bible will come alive for all of us. Mm. And it's just so encouraging to hear uh, a person, an example of one of those whom we hope will be one of a million people mm. who receives a Bible and what uh, transformation can happen in their ministry, in their personal life. And, uh, it's great that he mentioned in there as well, people who've invested uh, time and money. That's, that's all of us together, those who give, those who um, are working at Crossway to provide our ministry partners on the other end. It's, it's this great, mm. great partnership all together. And I think we can just take great joy in mm. what the Lord's doing already and, and look forward to what he will do in the yeah. future. It truly is a partnership in the gospel for the sake of God's glory and the good of his church. And as you said, it will, it will go beyond the One Million Bibles campaign. This is something Crossway is committed to long term. Anthony, Randy, thank you so much for joining me today on the Crossway podcast and helping us to understand a little bit more what the One Million Bibles initiative is all about. It's been a joy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. That was Anthony Gosling and Randy Johns on Crossway's One Million Bibles initiative. To learn more or contribute to this exciting project, go to crossway.org slash one million Bibles. That's crossway.org slash one million Bibles. For more audio content like this, subscribe to the Crossway podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with a friend and leaving us a review. Crossway is a not-for-profit Christian ministry that exists solely for the purpose of proclaiming the truth of God's word through publishing gospel-centered content. Visit us today at crossway.org.